the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And today we are starting our vampiric October. I don't know, fangy October. What do we want to call this, John? I don't I, have a good word for it. I just I it's the month of the vampire. We'll do a vampire month, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah, we're going all vampires all month long. Uh, to give y'all a little hint of what we've got coming. We don't typically do this, but because it's a vampire-themed month, what we're going to do is we are going to start things off uh, with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is an all-Buffy episode. We are going to discuss the Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992 film, and then the Buffy the Vampire Show that happened in the late 90s, early 2000s, and then recast Buffy. That is this episode. Uh, our next episode is going to be Rocket from the Crypt, Scream, Dracula, Scream. Because uh, it's got Dracula in the title. And then, <laughs> so it's, it counts, right? right. I, I had to make it work somehow. Yeah, you got to make it work somehow. Uh, then we're going to do Interview with a Vampire, uh, the 1994 film. And then uh, we're going to cast Interview with a Vampire, which, spoiler alert, is probably my favorite vampire movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love that movie. So, uh, And then to wrap things up in October, uh, we are going to do our top 10 vampire movies. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. But it may be. Once I look at my list, we'll see what actually is my top oh. vampire movie. How about that? <laughs> I just realized I might have spoiled that one. Well, we'll see. I, you know what? I haven't looked through all of them, and this is going to give us uh, a good little you know, head start on our list. Don't mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, I think so. so. Okay. All that said and done, we're talking vampires, and this episode is all about Buffy. John, set our minds back to 1992. All right, the film was released on July 1st, 1992. The Billboard Top 100 single for that week was Mariah Carey's cover of the Jacksons 5, I'll Be There, from her MTV Unplugged performance. Okay, I didn't know she had a cover of that song. Um, I never had her MTV Unplugged album, and it's kind of interesting that a live unplugged song like that would hit all the way to number one. Yeah, as a single. It, it yeah. hit number one only for like one or two weeks. Okay, it was that? It just happened to, to fall right in here. Uh, the one that followed that was uh, "Baby Got Back." Oh, classy! <laughs> Keep it classy, 1992. Love it. Uh, topping the Nielsen ratings was Roseanne. Okay. Uh, video game players around this time would have been, uh, if you played a computer games, you would have been playing for the last month the game Wolfenstein 3D. Oh, loved that game. Good game. And oddly enough, the New York Times bestseller was Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Huh. He had just passed away the year before. Or around oh. this, he actually he passed around around this time, and he just released this book like the year before. So I oh, okay. I can't remember what caused it to go to number one, and it was just, I looked, I didn't see it up there any other time, um, unless I missed it. Um, but just for, there was a small window where that was the the New York Times bestseller. Mm. Okay, and that's I've, really cool. I've read that book to my kids, so. Yeah. 
Nice. Very nice. And my fun fact uh, for 1992, Adam, you uh, might like this. You're kind of a, a fitnessy guy. Yeah, uh, well, ish. I'm a fat, kind of fit, kind of fat. Okay. Uh, a guy named Paul Lynch of Great Britain set the Guinness World Record for consecutive push-ups with one finger at 124. Fucking balls. That's awesome. And has not been broken yet. Yeah, I mean, that is tough to do. <laughs> I um, I don't know that I could do one uh, regular yeah. push-up, honestly. Yeah, I, and with a finger, i definitely break my finger. It could not handle that much weight. <laughs> So that was 1992. All right. Love it. That's a pretty damn good year. Uh, And so now we are going to sink ourselves fang deep into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Go fang deep. Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992, directed by Fran Rubel Kuzui. Kuzui? Bless her. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, she never really did anything else directorial-wise, but uh, Fran was a producer on Orgasmo. Love that oh, movie. Okay. Became an executive producer on Buffy and the Angel shows. So okay. stayed in those uh, in that realm, if you will. Hate to say it, but maybe I uh, quite understand why she never directed again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ooh, a taste of things to come. Uh, this film was... Written by Joss Whedon. This was his very first feature that he is credited for. He also wrote the screenplay for Toy Stories, Avengers, Age of Ultron. Uh, he created the shows Buffy and Angel, as well as Firefly, and and directed some things and all that kind of stuff. Joss Whedon's a huge name mm-hmm. in the industry. Music was done by Carter Burwell. Uh, we have talked about him before. Did we talk about him before? No. Carter Burwell has, kind of, has become uh, the Coen Brothers guy. Uh, And he did music for Big Lebowski, No Country for Old Men, True Grit, Barton Fink, more of their stuff. Um, Also, really good films like Kids Are Alright in Bruges and less good films like Twilight. Um, But (laughs) he's not a name I really recognize. But once I saw the credits, I was very impressed. He moved up in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, The cast for this film. Buffy is played by Christy Swanson. She's had some smaller roles in things like Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller, Hot Shots. But this is really the role I know her best from. Yeah. She's a name that I've heard for a long time, but I can only remember her from this role. Yeah. Merrick is played by Donald Sutherland. I mean, he is an all-time acting great between Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Outbreak, A Time to Kill, Backdraft, Fallen. Um, You know, his son ran around for 24 hours once in a while. (laughs) He Uh, He was in the original MASH movie, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was in the original MASH movie yeah. as well. Yeah, Donald Sutherland, exactly. All-time great. Amelyn, who never once, I don't think I remember hearing the name uh, of the character, but it's the side, yeah. it's the henchman uh, for Lothos. It's played by Paul Rubens. We have talked about him before in Flight of the Navigator, but everyone knows him as Pee Wee Herman. Yes. We also talked about him in Blues Brothers. That's right. That's right. He was the waiter in Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. So. Lothos is played by Rutger Hauer. Uh, we have talked about him a couple times. <laughs> we like, at least talked about him on that uh, trash film, Lady Hawk. But I pseudo, liked him in pseudo it. trash. Yeah, pseudo trash. Blade Runner. He is mostly known right. for Blade Runner. He was also in Sin City and other stuff. So yeah. Uh, Pike is played by Luke Perry, and everybody knows him best from Beverly Hills 90210 or Fifth Element. He was on the early spot on that film. Uh, Kimberly. 
uh, one of the friends, kind of like also a kind of a rival for Buffy at one point at school, is played by Hilary Swank. I totally forgot she was in this. Oh, absolutely. You see her just like, holy crap. I saw her on the credits. And I was just like, man, completely <laughs> forget about Hilary Swank. Because I do not think of Hilary Swank as like a Valley Girl-esque. And right. she... I mean, she's a good actor. Yeah. She is a premier actor. <laughs> she, you know, you know her she, from Boys she Don't won Cry, an Million Dollar Baby. Huh? She won an Oscar, so. Yeah, exactly. And the last name I want to mention right here is uh, Benny, uh, who is Pike's friend. It's played by David Arquette. And we know him from the Scream franchise, Eight-Legged Freaks, Ready to Rumble. So it's kind of nice to see him. Uh, the budget for this film was $7 million, and the box office was $16.6 million. So it made its money back. And then some, double its uh, budget. And I would say it kind of became a bit of a cult classic over the years. Mm -hmm. What do you remember? What is your nostalgic value for Buffy the Vampire Buffy the Vampire Slayer film? I cannot remember if I saw the film before I saw the TV show. It's It's been long enough that I can't remember if I saw the TV show and then someone told me that there was a movie or if I happen to see the movie before the TV show honestly it's been long enough that I can't remember okay I have a memory that this was a film we watched and I don't I don't know you know maybe had you gone to college by then no I don't I, think so well the TV show was out when I was in high school and it is possible that we started the TV show and then learned of the movie and then we all watched it together because I think is I I do remember us watching this together. I don't know yeah, if I remember yeah. us watching it a lot. No, I mean I feel like I remember seeing it a couple times, and I thought I remember seeing it before the show even. Because um, I thought I remember you know knowing about the movie and like you know kind of being like oh I you know maybe have maybe that hipster vibes when I was fucking twelve and be like mm -hmm. oh I liked Buffy before she was a cool TV show. I mean that's entirely possible. So I don't know. I, we'd probably need to ask our mom or maybe our sister if she has a better memory. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of, at least in my head, I feel like I do remember watching this with you guys um, beforehand, whether it was on TV or whether we rented it or something. Okay. So, all right, let's start our scene-by-scene -scene breakdown. We're going to start things off with a little narrative, very quick one. Uh, we're learning about vampires and the Slayer, uh, who is a chosen one, if you will. We meet Buffy. She's a cheerleader at a valley school in Southern California. Uh, at a mall, we kind of meet her and her friends. There's this creepy old guy who's following him around. They go to a movie, and we see Pike and his friend Benny. They're very burnout types, um, and they're not fans of the valley girls because they're <laughs> talking too much and ruining the film. I mean, to be fair, oh. I fucking hate it when people talk to her in a movie, so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, fuck them. We do see one of the jocks uh, from earlier walks around at night, and he is greeted by this very freaky-looking guy who we know. I call him, I mean, as Amelin. I'll just I say his. I, th I think that's right. Oh, okay, as Amelin, um, but who we know is a vampire just because we know that. But um, all right, Buffy, uh, we see her at home with her boyfriend. They're making out pretty good. And uh, then there's like this dream, like, almost like a flashback. And it's old times, like, you know, almost medieval type of times or mm -hmm. something. And there's this Slayer and this Lotho. The Slayer is obviously played by Christy Swanson. Right. Um, just to the <laughs> brunette wig or something. <laughs> and Lothos is this ancient vampire and all this kind of stuff. We see Amelin preparing for Lothos to rise again. I will say, yeah, and we'll talk about it with uh, our when we get to the show. But I did see some similarities in themes between the movie and like the first two episodes of 
the Buffy the Vampire Slayer show. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't know if you watched. Um, there's also, like, so we uh, Whedon did write this, the screenplay, but it was also rewritten. They had other writers come in and rewrite mm-hmm. And apparently it ended up lighter than what he had actually written. Um, in 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 his in his version, Buffy, I'm kind of not really. I'm kind of spoiling the end a little bit with this, but she actually burns down the school gym, which is actually referenced in the first episode of the TV show. Um, but there was also a comic book that came out that is basically his original script of the movie. Oh, um, which I haven't read, but I, I it's out there. It, it tells the whole origin of basically what happens during the movie. What what Whedon's original script was? Okay, that's cool. I like that little like because yeah, I do remember the, you know them talking about that in um, the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that stuff didn't line up because this this movie is not part of canon for the show at all. No, no, not at all. Okay, all right. Meanwhile, this clique of girls they're working on an upcoming senior dance theme and what to do. You know, some about the environment maybe. Uh, then a teacher pops in to tell them to go to class. And it's Steven fucking Root. Yep. <laughs> I completely forgot he was in this movie. Yeah, just plain so, old uh, principal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's, exactly. He's an assistant principal or principal or a teacher. I can't remember. Yeah. But he was kind of the authority figure at the school. Right. So, all right. At a bar, it certainly looked like a bar, Kimberly and the click, you know, they're uh, uh, one we see Kimberly got the jacket that Buffy was, you know, this is just kind of a side little thing. Buffy liked this jacket, and Kimberly said, oh, it's out of style, and then Buffy or Kimberly ends up buying it because she's a bitch. Um, <laughs> you know, that's what these that's what these click of, like, these mean girls, that's what they do. So uh, the burnout, burnouts are there, and they order some food. I do like how they just drop a whole bunch of coins on the waitress's table. Mm-hmm. And did you recognize that waitress? Oh, not the table, but her little hand thing. Did you recognize that waitress? I probably did, but I can't remember who it was. Yep. Uh, she had a talk show in the 90s, just like seemingly everybody oh, had a talk show in the I, 90s. I did see her name on the credits. It was Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake. <laughs> That's crazy. So a lot of cameos already, and I'm kind of surprised by that. And so. more to come. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they recognize the girls from the movies. Benny does this freaky, they, they can afford one hot dog. <laughs> Benny grabs the hot dog and fakes it like it's his dick. Uh, Buffy slices it in half, which scares them a little bit so <laughs> but also just kind of shows she is adept with weaponry how about yeah. that that's kind of what i what i think it's, it's something intuitive for her yep and at the night they you know the the burnouts benny and pike are wasted in the park and pike ends up kind of falling on the ground just kind of passing out while amelin flies up from behind benny takes him and bites him while and pulls him aside while merrick comes in and kind of takes pike and gets him out of there to protect him. Buffy, after cheerleading practice, is confronted by Merrick. He's that creepy guy who is in the mall. He's been searching for her. He wants her to go to the graveyard with him to stop the vampires. And she's not having it. It sounds like complete and utter bullshit. But then he starts mentioning some stuff that only he, you know, someone weird would know about a mole that she had removed. Uh, and also dreams that she might be having that he points out exactly to a T. So all this gets her attention. And so she goes with him to the graveyard. And what do they do? They're going to wait for a dead person to wake up. Because that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this this is an interesting part of the lore here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always kind of different the way some of these, like, vampires, how they figure, you know, how long it takes to become a vampire. So it seemed like it was like a three-day process here on this one. You know what? 
At huh. least they didn't sparkle. At least they didn't sparkle. Now I did remember. Yeah, I love that. Uh, at uh, in the show, there's one point Buffy talks about like you know how do they create members? Well, there's, there's you know you have to bite the neck of one person and then they has to suck your blood. There's a lot of sucking back and forth. Yeah. Is kind of exactly the line she says. Yeah. and that's actually something you kind of see in Interview with the Vampire, if I remember. Yeah, but like you don't really see that process here. Um, it just kind of happens after a so-and-so amount of time, almost like a zombie kind of thing or something. Right. I don't know. Which, uh, to so. me, it makes more sense maybe that it was – that it was it's a it's a give-and-take thing to, to yeah. transform, or else eventually you're just going to transform all of your food source into vampires and you're going to run out. So you got to be very selective. So Exactly. I thought that the same thing. It makes much more sense if you're actively allowing someone to become a vampire and then you can still just eat people regularly. Right. So, yep. All right. But after a bit, uh, this new vampire does emerge, as does another one from the ground. Uh, but Buffy and Merrick are able to kill them. Benny goes to see Pike. But it's kind of weird. Pike lives on, like, the second floor. <laughs> and Benny's just outside of, like, this big, like, you know, this window. And he's floating two stories up. Let me in, Pike. I'm hungry. Go home, Ben. I'm hungry. You're floating. Come on, man. Get away from here. I'm hungry. And Pike even kind of notices it. And so he doesn't let him in. Here, you also hear that uh, Merrick talks to Buffy about stuff and that she needs to stay incognito or else they'll be able to find her. And that's, then she'll get hunted as opposed to hunting the vampires. Uh, we also find out here that the vampires can't come into a place unless they're invited. So that is one of the things. There's a lot of different things with vampires. You know, you hear... so. Most of it seems to be true, at least in this form mm-hmm. of vampire, is I think it's what crosses and garlic and holy water and the sun. And also you, you have to vampires have to be allowed into a place before they can come in. They don't show, show a reflection, things like that, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. There is um, a shot here at this next scene where Buffy's at home getting ready for bed and they specifically emphasize a shot of her in front of a mirror that's like pointed at her bed. She turns around and walks to the bed and Lothos is laying in the bed. Weirdly. It's, it's like, it's a dream though, mm-hmm. but they do show that there is no reflection. I actually do this again later with Pike. Yeah. In that shot with Benny flying outside the window, I 1000% saw a reflection and it bothered me. <laughs> they had, they had a David Arquette reflection and I'm like, Fucking, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I know you can't, like, erase it, you know, with CG or whatnot right. uh, back in 92, but, like, so, come on, someone, guys. Someone should have caught that. Someone should have caught that. He was obviously by the glass, and it, was, it wasn't, it it was fine when they were doing the shot from Luke Perry's vantage, right. but when they cut across to Benny's, you actively see his, his reflection, and I'm just like, all right, well, they, they fucked that up, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, either way, uh, we do find out that yeah, it's a dream with Lothos being there in her bed and whatnot. So, uh, meanwhile, Amelyn uh, brings a girl for Lothos to dine on, that kind of stuff. So he's just trying to build Lothos's power, uh, so he can come out and you know he just you know that's what they do. They just the big master has to come out and attack the world and mm-hmm. feed all that kind of shit. So, all right, at cheerleading practice, Merrick confronts Buffy, who isn't accepting her fate right now uh, until. He throws a knife at her head, and she just reflexively catches it, uh, and only the chosen one could have caught it. But, you know, that's not what what she wants. All I want to do is graduate from high school, go to Europe, marry Christian Slater, and die. That's all she wants to do. Uh, So she's just not ready. You know, she just it's this balance of being a regular girl. Then she gets 
frustrated enough to punch him, and she uh, didn't even break a nail when she punches him. So this is a nice little set of lines, a good bit of comedy. Obviously, that Joss Whedon style of some action, some comedy. Um, the writing is almost, you know, is usually very good with Joss Whedon stuff. And then they start a whole training montage, and they do it to the song, I Ain't Gonna Eat Out My Heart Anymore by the Divinals. <laughs> I did have a problem, and I'll mention it. I mean, it's mostly noticeable later in the film, and it's not bad in the training sequences. I'm not going to say Christy Swanson did a bad job, but I do think they probably needed to work with her, and especially the choreography. Mm -hmm. Like, the fight scenes are rough. They are very rough. Yeah. I mean, I actually, actually I think her training looked okay, and, like, you know, like gym, gym, the gymnastic stuff looked fine. But once you get her against an actual vampire, it's just like, ooh, fuck, that does not look good. So, all right. Uh, the school te- the school teacher confronts Buffy for acting weird and all this stuff, and he thinks she's on drugs. Um, and so while uh, he talks to her, she kills a fly by spitting attack at it, just showing that she's getting trained up. She's kind of a little badass right now. Uh, that night, she goes out for some slaying, using herself as bait, and she kills a vampire. Uh, and afterwards... We talk about cramps. She gets cramps when she's around these vampires. And uh, Merrick lets her know that she can use that almost like a spidey sense uh, to tell when they're near. And she's like, great. My secret weapon is PMS. Great. My secret weapon is PMS. (laughs) Uh. But we actually, it's something we don't really dive into anymore. You know, I will say I did notice the first time she meets Lothos coming up in a bit. You can see her kind of like holding her side. Yeah. Like that she's getting the cramps, but it's like, you know, if we can use this as a warning system, how come we never talk about it again? I'm curious if it was something that got cut uh, down the line. I don't know. Honestly, I I didn't need that aspect of her having like a PMS spidey sense. It, it sounded like it seemed like it was literally a line just for the trailer. Yeah. Um, we find out that Merrick has kind of lived 100 lives training these slayers like that's his curse, if you will. He has to keep training these slayers and. Um, it's, it keeps, they keep losing to Lothos. That sucks. So, uh, Pike tries to leave town, but as he's leaving, he runs into some vampires with, uh, Amelin on top of the van, all over the van, punching through to try to get to him. Uh, you know, they end up crashing at one point and Amelin's arm gets ripped off and now he's one armed vampire. Um, and I do like his line here. You ruined my new jacket. <laughs> Kill him a lot kill him a lot because he's pissed <laughs> off so i like that um but buffy comes in to save pike of course back at buffy's place she works on uh, her wounds after that little battle uh, pike tries some flirting and they bond a little bit here uh, we do get a quick scene of lothos pissed at amlin for failing that night uh, and then at school the click they're just upset uh, about this dead girl uh this other dead girl who apparently still has kimberly's yellow jacket and just in general this stuff um all the weird stuff that's going on. And we also find out that one of the, or we see one of the jocks grabs Buffy's ass and she just flips him like judo flips his, his fucking ass as she should, as she should. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he's that's also not to say a boyfriend can just go around grabbing the girlfriend's ass. That's a little bit more acceptable though. There's some kind of imp- somewhat implied consent, but he's just a, he's a random friend. Right. And so, yeah, she should, she 
flips his ass, and she's obviously a bit distracted in general about all the vampire stuff going on, but also missing all the cheerleading stuff. So she's upset over at Merrick's talking to Merrick. You know, she's pissed that she's missed so many cheerleading practices, and she can't miss any more, and she's got to go to the game. So we cut to the basketball game, and the jock we saw from earlier, like way earlier in the movie, uh, who was taken by uh, Emelyn, is back. And he's definitely a vampire now. <laughs> and uh, they're all playing. We see a cheer. I love this cheer. I don't know why. It is stuck in my head for years. How funky is your chicken? How funky is your chicken? How loose is your goose? Our goose is totally loose. So come on, all you hot fans. So come on, all you hot fans. And shake your caboose. And shake your caboose. How, I mean, whatever it is, man. I swear. I, I don't know if there was another cheer that movie that also used that one or if it was just this one but like i it's been i in my swear head i've heard that before that's got to be a common cheer there's no way that i only okay. remember that from that movie okay because i feel exactly it was something that is like i have seen this i've seen this in places so all right uh the vampire jock goes into the game and kind of starts dominating and also scaring everybody he dunks and kind of floats slowly down i like that he's just scaring people he steals the ball from a member of the other team john Number 10 on that team. And uh, did you recognize that person? Uh, yeah. The old <laughs> boy from Boston. Did he Did he have some apples? <laughs> or something? I don't, remember. I don't remember the line. Actually, that was the wrong character. but <laughs> Oh, wrong character, damn it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was uh, old Benny Affleck. It was Ben Affleck. It was kind of funny to see him. So Now, granted, around this time, he had... Probably what? Uh, no, Mallrats is the next year, right? Yeah, ninety three or four or something. Yeah, all right. Um, Buffy stops him. Sorry, Buffy stops this vampire, and then he bolts because he knows who she is, and he's gonna go tell the master so they can all kind of attack her. Uh, so she has to chase him down because of that. She steals a motorcycle after a guy or motorcycle from this motorcycle gang dude, and Pike sees her and has to follow her on his dirt bike, and uh, she follows him to this. Pasadena Parade, like, float holding area. And so she go, she gets uh, knocked down at one point. And I do remember this, this whatever it is, this uh, this jock guy. He was so weird, but he, he has some of his lines, like, Ha-ha. Ah. Someone get an ouchie? Oh, did you get an ouchie? And he does this, this weird, like, noises with his tongue. You were my friend. Now, I'm a god. I always thought he was funny. I remember liking him when I was younger. It was kind of dumb. Yeah. But all right. Uh, Pike ends up killing him and some other and other vampires and whatnot. And there's comedy and silliness in this fighting and things like that. That I don't ever like. All right. So like, yes, I understand this is comedy action film, mm -hmm. but like they were fighting at one point and Pike's like, hey, look up over here. Like and then punches him. And it's just <laughs> that I hate. I'm sorry. There's a scene and we may we may have passed it, but. Uh -huh. Where somebody and I think it's I think it's Buffy is being held by two vampires, and she breaks free. And as she turns to punch the other one, the other vampire next to her just kind of puts their hands up and jumps up and down for like a few minutes. <laughs> and I've and I specifically remember being distracted by that when I saw it when I was younger, so I knew to look for it. And because uh, because they're just literally like ah 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 like yeah. jumping up and down, waiting for their turn to be hit. Uh huh. Yeah, that's that's poor choreography. <laughs> All right, uh, Buffy searches this area, and she sees Lothos, who almost has this power over her. 
Uh, Merrick is there too, who says she's not ready to fight him um, because they've had they've done this dance over years and years. The Slayer versus Lothos, apparently. He's about to bite her, but Merrick interferes, gets in, and gets killed. <laughs> and yeah, pretty quickly he does say there's some final words of advice to Buffy and whatnot. Um, and then Lothos leaves because he wants to fight Buffy at her full ready. You know, he wants or he wants to really he wants her blood right. when she's at her peak. Is kind of how he sees it. Uh, at school, the click is talking about Buffy and her interfering into the game and things like that. And we see her, and also that she's late again for working on click stuff for the dance she tells them about merrick i do like this back and forth we're like oh my god you're in a fair well i've been hanging out with this old guy oh my god you're cheating with this 50 year old dude <laughs> it's just funny it's stupid girl stuff but i thought it was i thought it was humorous teenagers are dumb yes they are yes they are and they also rip on pike and so they all end up kind of bickering about that uh Bob buffy walks around town she's very conflicted right now about should she be a slayer or, you know, wanting to live a normal life? Uh, Pike tries to convince her to fight, but she's not ready. Uh, though, unfortunately, Benny happens to be in a photo booth at that time and overhears them. And he's like, oh, Buffy's the slayer. So he goes to Lothos to tell him about it. Who Lothos decides he's going to attend this school dance <laughs> and he's going to attack her then. Be why Basically because he has a flair for the dramatic. Oh, yes. You know. That's ultimately what it comes down to. We see Pike prepares to for a big fight while Buffy is going to try and go to the dance. She just wants to be a normal girl. So at the quote-unquote hug the world dance, I like that, <laughs> like that name, uh, we see a DJ. And I couldn't tell you who this DJ was if it wasn't for IMDb. He had the top hat and you could see kind of the hair, but without like... The top hat, like, down covering and without the sunglasses, I there was no way I could have told. Yeah. I could have told that it was him. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, Slash from Guns N' Roses, which I thought is pretty cool. So another another cameo. Um, Buffy comes in, and uh, her boyfriend Jeffrey is there, but he's with someone else. He's with their friend Jenny from The Click, and apparently they break up and whatnot. And then we get a little slower song playing, uh, Little Heaven by Toad the Wet Sprocket. And you know what? I heard that, and immediately I'm like, "Oh, sweet! I love Toad the Wet Sprocket. It's one of my favorite bands." I uh, I immediately hopped on like my um, I have all my music uploaded to YouTube Music. Yes, I immediately hopped on there and be like, "Man, I forgot how much I like Toad the Wet Sprocket." And I specifically went looking for that song. I'm like, "What album is that song on?" It's not. It's only on this soundtrack. So they do. They did put out an album of B sides called "In Light Syrup." Okay, that this one's on there with a couple other ones that you would probably recognize. Um, but we got to get Toad the West Rocket on the on the docket. Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering if we because I love I love like Toad's like kind of stuff spanning a time. I wonder if maybe we should turn that into a top ten episode. In, in, oh, okay. Instead of a instead of an album one. See, I'm I'm very good with that because some of my absolute favorite are not the singles. Right. I'm I'm for this. I am very for this. Now I'm gonna have some singles on there too. Yes, a top ten toad the West Rocket. Okay, absolutely. I'll put it. I'll, no one's gonna give a shit about that episode. <laughs> but us. That's, that's okay. That's, this this podcast yeah. is for us. Damn it. 
Yeah, it's a blast from our past. That's right. Uh, but maybe we can introduce some really good music to people. So, yeah. all right, that is that. We're definitely gonna throw that one on yep. there. Uh, Pike does come in, as I mentioned, and he asks her to dance and all this kind of stuff. So they dance and they end up kissing. And while they're kissing, vampires crash the party. Of course, we find out that they can come in though because they've already been invited because they're seniors. So that's the whole get around that thing. So uh, Buffy, she's about to go outside to fight like the the mass of the vampires. And she gets, she rips off uh, the bottom part of her dress mostly and gets Pike's badass leather jacket and she goes out for a fight. And uh, while the vampires are kind of wreaking havoc on the dance, she's going out there to fight. Um, we also get Pike and Benny are doing some kind of fighting in the uh, the dance area. But Buffy eventually gets to Amelin, the one-armed guy. And I do love this line here where he's like, We're immortal, Buffy. You can do anything. Oh, yeah? Clap. <laughs> See, because he's got one that, arm. That, that, that did make me laugh pretty hard. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. lie. Yes. All right. Uh, then Lothos plays violin and lets Buffy kill Amelin. What's really over the top is Amelin's <laughs> overdramatic death scene here. Ooh. Ah. Ow. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. 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 I'm wondering if that wasn't like an outtake or something and they just decided to keep it in. Maybe. I mean, you could totally see Paul Rubens being silly on set. Right. And they just allow it. Yeah. You know, because they, yeah, this, the movie's been quirky with stuff, but that just seemed a little extra. <laughs> Fair. Yes. So, all right. We continue with Benny and Pike fighting and whatnot, um, which at one point Pike throws uh, Benny into an electrical box, which kind of electric electrocutes him a bit and it ends up flickering the lights uh, and stops the music, which snaps Buffy out of this trance that Lothos kind of has her in and remember and her, makes her remember some of Merrick's last words. Lothos and her start fighting. I do like he kind of keeps repeating, you stupid little bitch. <laughs> you stupid little bitch. Uh, <laughs> he calls her and as they're fighting and whatnot, she ends up lighting him on fire at one point and uh, he mostly seems unfazed, but she gets out of there at one point, heads back to the dance which the teacher, Stephen Root's character, uh, is giving detention to all these dead vampires, because that makes sense. Detention! 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 Detention, detention. And St- Stephen Root plays that plays that role so well, because he he's playing a straight man, but it's still funny, and even the little thing where he's like going, detention, detention, and then whether he's like, detention, detention, just does the same thing for the same... It just made me. Yep. It just made me laugh, and th- I think it's just because I know Stephen Root from his roles, and and uh-huh. I, I just know how funny he is. Yep. And then he also smacks Hillary Swank's character's head into the wall at some point. I, that part, whatever. That part, I was like, "Whoa, that's a that's yeah. a fucking lawsuit waiting to happen." <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. But um, all right, then Lothos, then Lothos busts into the gym with a fucking katana. And now he's going to kill everybody before he can then dine on Buffy, basically. Uh, but Buffy backflips towards the flag of California, and they fight with this kind of stuff. I thought she was going to throw the flag into his heart or something. I thought that would have made sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, Pike jumps in to help at one point. He gets thrown, and they have this 
really slow looking kind of sad fight the choreography and particularly this fight is real bad um she eventually beats him with a broken end of a chair and again i'm like well why the fuck did you backflip towards this wooden pole flag i thought that was going to be awesome but it doesn't matter ultimately it was a very weak boss fight uh in my opinion mm-hmm. pike and buffy end up dancing alone in this empty you know gym uh and she accepts her fate as the slayer we hear the song we close our eyes by Susanna hoffs playing as they then ride off on a motorcycle and that is the end of our credits Uh, We do see some news reports that play during the credits as well of different people at the dance explaining what happened and all the insanity and ha ha ha. It's kind of funny. And then we get an end credit scene. Did you stay for the end credit scene, John? No, I missed it. Uh, Literally, it was just more of Amelin dying. (laughs) They cut back to him doing more. (laughs) More of that. And that is the end of our film. So uh, I'm going to, how about I'm going to start things off and I'm going to let you end. And let me know if you had anybody else in the family watch it or what. There's a hefty amount of cheese with this film. I can understand that it got a bit of a cult classic vibe because there is, you know, humor to it. It's not amazing. It's mostly not even all that good. But I will say... I had a funny enough time, and I did have nostalgic value for it, Mm -hmm. so I watched it, and I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this. This is not a go back and rewatch often, but it is one that I was like, you know what? If I have to watch this again, I'll be good. I'll have some appreciation for it. This one gets like a half half thumb up for me, if you will. Um, You know what? That's going to be about where I am, too. Okay. Um, it, the nostalgic value of remembering it is what probably keeps it from being a complete thumbs down for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some funny, funny enough moments in it. Paul Rubens has some really funny moments. There's some other stuff that just made me laugh. Um, you're right. It's not a good movie, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. you know, uh, I mean, Rut- Rutger Howard, we didn't mention he lays on, like he acts, he knows he's in like a campy yes. film. And he's a good actor. Absolutely, he's a good actor. But he kind of plays this cheesy villain, ultimate Like cheese, he's here for the I check? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, could be it. But, I mean, if you're a fan of the Buffy TV show and never watched it, it's worth going back to watch just to kind of see where the the beginnings of this stemmed from. It's not a direct, obviously, prequel to it. Um, not that it would be a prequel, but, you know, precursor to it. Um, but... It was fun enough. Um, I was, um, uh, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but I was home alone all weekend because uh, wife and kids were uh, out camping. Um, So I watched everything by myself. Um, But I did actually tell my daughter about the movie, and her first question was, so can we watch it? So she might be interested in it. Um, I'm also debating whether or not I should actually show her the movie or just show her the TV show. Uh, I mean, I think it's worth showing the movie. I remember watching it around that age. Okay. So, there you go. Okay. Okay. All right. So, lukewarm feelings uh, about the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, but how do we feel 
about the TV show. Maybe they're Luke Perry feelings. All right, Buffy the Vampire ran from 1997 to 2003, seven seasons, 144 episodes on the WB, which would eventually switch to UPN. Uh, It was created by Joss Whedon, who we already had mentioned before, wrote the original film. Cast for this show. Um, And actually, we are going to cast the Buffy show. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Um, We are casting the Buffy the Vampire Slayer show. Now... I can't guarantee mine would be a show or it would be a movie based on the show's style instead. Mm-hmm. I don't know, either or. No. But it's yeah, it's based on this feel compared to the other one. So uh Buffy is played by Sarah Michelle Geller. She was in I Know What You Did Last Summer, Cruel Intentions. She was in the Scooby Doos, which is kind of funny because they started calling their kind of group the Scooby Gang at one point in this show. Uh, so that was a funny little like meta thing that happened. Sarah Michelle Gellar became an it girl mm-hmm. in the early 2000s thanks to this show in like the late 90s. Absolutely. Her in Cruel Intentions was just, oh. <laughs> yeah. Not to, not to, but, uh, you know, like, was it 21, 22 year old John watching Cruel <laughs> Intentions and her line in that movie of, I'll let you put it anywhere. Oh. <laughs> I was definitely, I was definitely a fan. Oh, yeah. And then she did Scooby Doo, and I was that was it for me. (laughs) Yeah, that was about the end of it. Yeah, fair. All right, Uh, Willow is played by Allison Hannigan. You should probably recognize her from How I Met Your Mother and multiple American Pie films. We've also talked about her before. I I believe, if I'm remembering this right, she was in. I'm saying this as I'm looking down the thing because I'm 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 pretty (laughs) I'm like 98 sure that she was in this movie, or maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Oh, maybe I am thinking of somebody else. I, uh, what was the uh, Jim Carrey movie that we reviewed? Dumb and Dumber? No, it was it was Jim Carrey. Batman Forever? No, it was the Aliens one. Him and Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Earth Girls, Earth are, Girls easy. are Easy. Who was the little girl in that? Because it was somebody that we know. I thought it was Allison Hannigan, but maybe not. I you know what? Don't even. I'm looking at it now. She was in My Stepmother's an Alien, and maybe that's what I got confused. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay. That could be it. All right, now I'm going to look right. up to see who that was because that's going to bother me. Okay. While you do that, I will go through the rest of the cast. Uh, Xander is played by Nicholas Brendan. Uh, he had some small recurring role in the show Criminal Minds and other minor roles in general. Uh, Rupert Giles, or Rupert, yeah, Giles? Yeah, Giles, not Giles. Giles uh, is played by Anthony Head, who you might have seen in the British shows Merlin or Little Britain, but more recently, he plays a fantastic asshole in the show Ted Lasso. Oh, Anthony Head, yes. Sorry, I got. Anthony Head, yeah. Yeah, he is great as a jerk Uh in in Ted Lasso. And uh, for the record, I must have been thinking Earth Girls Are Easy and conflated that with, uh, not Earth Girls Are Easy, my stepmom is an alien. Okay, gotcha. That's what I I conflated the two, because I do remember her being in one of those things, and that's what it was. Sorry sorry for the little confusion (laughs) No worries. Spike is played by James uh, Marsters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, He... Had some small bits uh, from Smallville. I remember him as Piccolo in that awful Dragon Ball Evolution film. It was really bad. Was it like he was he the voice or was it live action? It was live action, and he had makeup on and whatnot. Oh wow! It's it's real bad. It's real fucking bad. Um, but he did end up actually kind of uh, fixing himself a little bit. I think he did the voice of Zamasu in Dragon Ball Super, which is I'm not a huge fan of Dragon Ball Super, but I do think that Zamasu storyline is actually probably my favorite. 
uh, from Dragon Ball Super. Okay. So I like that. Uh, Angel is played by David Boreanaz. Uh, he went on to have his own spinoff show. He also had some other really big shows in Bones. And then currently, I think Seal Team, um, or that might, might still be on or might, might have finished Cordelia, played by Charisma Carpenter. She also went off with uh, David Boreanaz in the Angel show. She had a small part in Veronica Mars, and she was in Expendables 1 and 2. And then the last couple characters I want to talk about, Dawn, played by Michelle Trachtenberg. She was a much later character to come on. I think she was like Buffy's younger sister yeah. or some shit who came in. Um, I remember we talked about her in Inspector Gadget. Yep. Uh, she was also in Harriet the Spy and Eurotrip. Loved her in Eurotrip. That movie is still yes. funny. That is. I need to watch it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. So, uh, Oz, who was only really in like the like a, maybe like season two or three. I can't remember when Oz came about. Um, but that was Seth Green, and he was kind of like a love interest for Willow for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but Seth Green was in Robot Chicken and Austin Powers and Family Guy. And, things and like he that. was actually in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. I, I saw that in the credits, but I couldn't find him, so I didn't call I him out. Find, uh, where he is, you you won't really see his face. When Buffy goes out of the gym, when the, when the, when the vampire is going to beckon her out, he is the vampire she kicks, okay. but he's not facing oh, you, the camera. You see, you the, see the, the back, back of, of his head. head. Okay. And apparently he did have a more, like he had more screen time and it was all cut out. Okay. Well, that's kind of cool that there is an active um, actor who is in both mm -hmm. of them. So I like that. Uh, and then Faith, I want to mention Faith because, whoo, Eliza Dushu, <laughs> she was one of my girls. Uh, she was in Bring It On, Dollhouse, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and True Lies back in the day. Um, oh uh, yeah, and then and then there's a whole bunch of other actors who had came come in. I mean, this is a fairly long running show, got pretty popular. Uh, people like Danny Strong, Felicia Day, Nathan Fillion, John Ritter, John Hawks, Pedro Pascal, uh, Amber Tamblin, Stephen Tobolowski, Cal Penn, and Amy Adams all had uh, various parts on this show at one time or another. Good stuff. Yeah, very cool. So yeah, this show is, is similar ish to the movie, based around the world of slayer fighting vampire uh you know this is a high school girl um, but the lore actually went a good bit deeper i mm -hmm. feel uh the vampire slayers or just slayers as they call them come from a long line of women chosen uh, by fate to battle evil forces this mystical calling grants her powers that drastically improve physical strength endurance agility accelerated healing yada 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 all this kind of stuff um slayers have the guidance of watchers which you can kind of is like what Merrick was, right. but it wasn't exactly, yeah. Um, Giles, in this case, is the Watcher. And, yeah, as I already kind of mentioned, like, this is the high school girl with, she's got her friends, her little group of friends kind of end up helping her through her adventures and her different troubles. Um, Willow, who starts off very meek and nerdy, mm -hmm. eventually ends up finding herself. And she kind of becomes, a, I think, into, into whoa, she becomes like a witch or like a, into magic. Yeah, ma she, she, she she gets some sort of magical powers. I remember that. Exactly. And she also comes out uh, as gay at one point in the show as yeah. well. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty awesome thing as well. And I think didn't happen too often. No, shows. and I actually remember that there was a... And oddly enough, it was one of the, the episodes I watched, I think, was the, the one that I saw, um, where her and uh, Amber Benson, who played Tara, who was her love interest, mm -hmm. um, actually kissed on screen. And I remember when that episode came out, it being a big deal that they did that and uh xander um who is basically kind of like maybe not quite the audience surrogate 
but he was kind of like a normal dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have, and he had some comic relief. You know, he had some heroic to- moments at times, but he was basically like the funny. He dude. seemed like he kind of started out as like a skater dude, and then yeah. kind of was became more of like a nerdyish kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely some nerdish aspects or like kind of goofballs, like yeah. goofball aspects about to him. Yeah. Uh, so this show was set in uh, mostly in the town of Sunnydale and mostly Sunnydale High School, uh, and apparently. Beneath Sunnydale is this Hellmouth. Uh, that's basically a gateway for demon for like, the demon realm, mm-hmm. and so it keeps finding weird shit is happening here, and that's kind of what is kind of drawn uh, Buffy to this spot. John, what is your nostalgic remembrance of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Show? I remember this being scheduled television for us. Yeah, as a family. <laughs> as a family, yes. We all we were all into it. All four of us would sit down. I can't remember what day it came on, mm-hmm. um, but it was one that we always watched together. We tried to keep up with it as best we could. And um, I mean, I I watched it with you guys up until the point when I went to college, mm-hmm. um, which would have been you know a fall of '99. So at least the first like probably three seasons or so, maybe yeah. three into four. Um, I watched regularly. I didn't really watch it when I went to college, but I didn't really have access to television as easily when I went to college as I did mm-hmm. at home. But it, I, it was a it was a show we watched as a family, which I always, which to me always makes it a little bit more special. I yeah. think when it's a show that we all watch together. Yep, I agree. Um, I definitely remember scheduled viewing with all of us together. I do kind of think probably when you went off is when we all just kind of stopped with it. I don't really remember watching the show to the end. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I do remember like maybe the first three seasons four max. Right. Um, and then I, and then it's just kind of gone to me. So, but it was a show we all actively liked. We all, you know, we all dug it. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and, uh, so different seasons would have different big bads. Um, the first season was the master, uh, and all this kind of stuff. And, and they'd had different, like either demons or stuff that you'd have to deal with. Every episode would have some other kind of different stuff and some other kind of like overall big bad by the end of the season that you'd have to tackle or some big problem and whatnot. But one thing that we definitely have to talk about, and it's not a problem at all, is that fucking awesome theme song. pretty rocking it rocked man yeah absolutely uh it was done by the band nerf herder mm-hmm. uh, which is a great band name uh they consider themselves geek rock which makes sense if you're gonna name the band nerf herder i forget uh, what their big hit was they i saw that they had a hit called van halen which was a minor hit i don't really remember them that much besides pretty much besides this because i think we talked about them when we talked our top 10 uh, 90s theme songs, like our other theme songs, non-sitcom, right? Non-cartoon that's ones. right. Okay. So, but yeah. So this show, besides the besides Angel, which was a very popular show, and I do remember, I do remember Chris Hollister talked about when we discussed the West Wing with him and, and American President that Angel is like one of his top two favorite shows. It's like the West mm-hmm. Wing and then Angel for him, <laughs> which is so interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, wonder uh, why that yeah. one and not Buffy. No, yeah, exactly. I'm kind of curious as to why he hung on to that one. So, um, but other than that, like this show, and specifically this show, spun off 
comic books and video games and conventions. There's like Slayer Con. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's every single year, but like it is a it's a thing. Like, you know, like they have Star Trek conventions. There are Buffy the Vampire Slayer conventions. So yeah. there's a whole fan- franchise for sure that started really with the show. And there was some funky stuff that they would try. Like, you're right. They would kind of go not just follow the norm. You know, they're willing to, you know, lesbian kiss at scenes or mm-hmm. an entire musical episode. Right. Uh, at some point, you know, and not to say that they didn't understand, you know, they were kind of low budget cheese. Um, I feel, you know, in camp, I feel like there was definitely one point that they kind of pivoted into the camp for this show. Yeah, maybe. I didn't, I didn't watch enough episodes to remember that much. Okay. I do remember it feeling more serious in the beginning. Yes. Uh, I watched two episodes. Okay. I watched the pilot again, which was okay. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. a great pilot. You know, yeah. it's a pilot. Sometimes yes. sometimes the best shows have, like, horrible pilots, so you can't mm-hmm. always judge them by um, that one, but I just kind of wanted to see how... They, I always like to watch the pilot, just kind of see how they started things. And then, the oddly enough, the other episode I watched was the one where... Eh, spoilers. Uh, the one where Buffy's mom dies. Uh, yeah, okay. Which is funny because that one doesn't hardly have any vampires in it. Okay. Because it's it's all centered around them dealing with this grief and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is actually the episode when um, when Willow and, and uh, Tara kiss. Okay. Because um, Willow is guilt-stricken and not guilt, uh, grief, grief-stricken. Yeah, grief-stricken. But, so I didn't actually watch anything. But I do remember, like, I remember it was a big deal about... Angel not wanting to sleep with Buffy because he was afraid of what was going to happen, and then she did, and what he thought was going to happen is exactly what happened. Yeah, he turned evil. <laughs> he turned evil, and it was, I mean, now I look back at it, I'm like, eh, that's kind of cheesy, but at the time, I was like, oh, that's a cool change, because then he became a bad guy, and yeah. of course, then he had to wear that makeup all the time, but. <laughs> yeah, but it was, you're right, it was kind of fun, because this was a character that we had come to trust and like for like the first season or season and a half or whatever it was, right. um, and then they sleep together and then he turns into like this big bad and all this kind of stuff. And then, yeah, you now you have to fight him, but somehow save him and all this kind of shit. Uh, and then spike who I thought was a really good bad guy at first ends up becoming, you know, a part of the team down the line. Right. Um, and it's really fun. You know, they kind of do those, that those flip flops that, um, you know, you kind of see in these type of series, but I also ended up, or I, I watched uh, three episodes. So I watched episodes one and two uh, to mm. kind of get like the, the full of those two episodes. And then I did watch the musical episode. Uh, okay. So I skipped over to that one. And what I do like about it is it reminds me a lot of like the Scrubs musical episode where mm. it's not necessarily a musical episode just as a musical. Like mm. they actually, it was like a demon or so. I didn't watch the whole thing. I actually watched like probably only a little over half of it, but it's like, it was like a magical reason. It was like a demon reason okay. that was like, why? And they, they actively knew they're like, why the fuck is everybody bursting into song and dance, but they couldn't <laughs> stop themselves. And right. so it was a part, it wasn't just like, Hey, we're doing a musical episode because gimmick. Right. It, it was written into it. Similar with scrubs where, you know, someone has a brain aneurysm and she is envisioning all these people doing songs and, and dances, or she's got like a brain tumor or whatnot that's causing that. Mm. And I always like that. I think that's more interestingly er, that that is um, more impressively written into a show as opposed to just exactly gimmick style. And that right. is something I do think the show did well, which is the writing. Joss Whedon, you know, really cut his teeth in TV, and you know, with a lot of his writing, 
on this show and he did I think a great job there was good humor throughout it but it was strong uh there, were, there was good seriousness for the vast majority that you kind of felt that there were stakes not just the stakes going through hearts but like you know the stakes of the show right uh-huh. yeah yeah bad pun it. sorry I'm not a good writer <laughs> um but overall I thought that was a it was an enjoyable time I'm not sure I'm gonna go back and watch it I am pretty actively happy about our recasting because two things that really need to upgrade are the graphics. Yeah. And and I get that. That's not that big of a deal. And the action. Similar mm-hmm. enough with the movie, they just couldn't spend enough time getting really good action. And Sarah Michelle Gellar, as much as I you know love watching her and everything she does, she's not the best as a fighter on screen. Did you think she was better than Christy Swanson? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And I think probably <laughs> later down the line she got better. But even right. just judging the first season, or uh, the first two episodes, still probably better than Christy Swanson. <laughs> okay. So, But both very attractive. I would love to have a three-way with Slayers. I'm just throwing that out there. If that's possible, if Christy Swanson and Sarah Michelle Gellar are listening, I'm willing. Okay? Just so you know. Uh, besides that, the show felt very 90s to me, yeah. um, but I like that. You know, whatever. It is It is 90s. Fucking A, it was 97. So overall, I enjoyed myself enough, but I'm pretty excited about, you know, I think there is a potential for a reboot down the line. I absolutely see that happening. Yeah. And I like my cast, so it got me excited. And if it weren't for the fact that Joss Whedon is kind of on everyone's shit list right now. Yeah, he's he's been talked about pretty bad he treats women pretty poorly and yeah um yeah he's kind of a dick uh but yeah so oh what about you john what about your thoughts on the show do you, do you already give your shots yeah kind of did kind of did okay um oh did you uh, did you show this sh- oh no you didn't show the show to anybody else because you were by yourself yeah. yes now did your wife talk about it? i could bet your wife was a fan of this show did she i'm pretty it? sure she was okay. i'm pretty sure she was we didn't i didn't ask her exclusively about it but i'm pretty sure she she watched it just like everyone else it yeah. was one of those shows that like everybody yeah. was into yeah. which was kind of fun because like when you're when you're a little kid being into stuff like vampires you're seen as like the weirdo but then all of a sudden everyone's into it mm-hmm. including the you know quote unquote popular kids so i'm pretty sure she was pretty plus she was a big sci-fi fan so yeah well blade uh, blade came out what in like 98 is that right or not was it 97 it was one of those two yeah like this was this was a new resurgence of vampire yeah. films and, and just vampire into the pop culture again so yeah interesting this episode of the blast from our past podcast is not brought to you by Calcula cereal is coming your way how about the monster for breakfast today <laughs> scared stiff we're not scared, Count. Then you'll enjoy my Count Chocula cereal. The cereal with loads of chocolatey marshmallows in every bowl. You can count them. <laughs> it's part of this good, nutritious breakfast. And don't forget Frankenberry. I like him that way. How about the monster for breakfast today? All right, and now we're going to do the casting portion. As we mentioned, we are going to recast Buffy the Vampire, the show. We're going to do those characters because that was... Probably the one that more people are going to be more familiar with. Yep. So the characters there are going to be more relatable, at least. And we are going to do the characters of Buffy, Giles, Willow, Xander, Angel, Cordelia, and Spike. There were obviously a lot of other little minor characters that came in and out, but yeah. we need to keep it to a relatively you know, 
good list, to, mm-hmm. tight list at least to start out. Now, you mentioned uh, not sure. I get like not sure how you were going to cast this as a movie or a TV show. I know exactly how I'm casting how I casted mine. Okay, I casted mine as a CW show. Oh. <laughs> Because that oh, that seemed like it would be the most likely place for it to be. Because right now they got Sabrina, like the Teenage Witch. Like I could see them, and that's a spinoff on like that's connected to Riverdale. I could totally see them like say, "All right, let's take this mm-hmm. and let's push that into that same realm and make this a, a spinoff, yeah. or at least into the same world as those other two shows." That's very much fitting. I think you know. I mean, it comes from that world. It comes from. I think CW came from it exactly that same. Eventually, WB became UPN, which eventually became CW. I right. think uh, so. It makes sense. I just don't watch those shows, and so I had no interest in that. Right. I knew, but yeah. I, you know, I wanted to make money with my show. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm sure it would make money. Well, uh, so how did you? Did you? Were you thinking movie with yours? Um, you are you thinking like? Something like Netflix or something like that. No, you know what? Yeah, let's give this. Let's one. Let's give this on a streaming platform. Take it off cable. Let them say some bad words. Yeah. Um. Let them see some blood because it's a fucking vampire show. So yeah, let's throw this on Amazon Prime or something like that. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh. All right. So let's go to Spike, and I'll start us off. Uh. I went with I. I did pull from a lot of. CW or yeah. CW esque, yeah, type or, shows or the Berlanti verse or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, my Spike is a, as an actor who I've actually I've used before. Um, he was on Riverdale. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I can't really use him. Or maybe we can't have him in that, but that's fine. Um, he's originally from New Zealand, so in this one, I'd I'd keep him. I, that's one of the funniest things about it. Is Spike spoke with a British accent. Spike James Marsters not British. Uh-huh. He's American, so he they had him speak with an English accent. Huh. Um, for this That's one, I would have him keep his uh, Kiwi accent. Sure. Uh, and I went with uh, KJ Appa. Okay, that's uh, Archie himself, right? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not that I've watched the show. I totally don't watch the show. <laughs> um, but sure, I mean, he is a pretty big name thanks to his Riverdale stuff. So, oh, he's going to be, they're making a Wonder Twins movie? Oh god, I'm, he's going to be one of the Wonder Twins. I'm kind of shocked. Yeah. Don't uh, don't plan on any of that because <laughs> DC with with everything going on with DC right now, nothing is for certain. True. Very true. Uh, and it still says pre-production, so yeah, that doesn't yeah. mean shit. So, uh no, I absolutely I absolutely cool with that. I think it it makes sense for what you're doing. Okay. So, who is your spike? Uh so I'm going into like the more grit, the more grime, the more realistic kind of you know, like I said, they're allowed to say bad language. I want to see some naughty, you know, some not not naughty bits. I do want to see some naughty bits, um, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to see some blood, things like that. Um, and I'm one of the guy who is a fantastic villain now in one of the shows he did. I kind of want him to rediscover that because he also did a show, but it was for broadcast and for Marvel that did not go well. But I know he does villains well. And Spike always looked older. Spike always, he always mm-hmm. was older. Yeah. Um, he's a villain, you know, that's just how it is. But, uh, I went with, uh, Ewan Ray, Rayon, 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 Iwan Rayon. I'm not sure. He- Ramsey Bolton from Game of Thrones. Okay. I think it's, uh, I think it's either Ian or Ewan. Oh, well, I was way off. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way <laughs> off. 
<laughs> but he, I mean, he, I could see him with like kind of the spiky hair and, you know, I could see him being a, he's already got some like kind of pointy years a little bit. Um, yeah. He played a great asshole in Game of Thrones. So exactly. I, I see that without a, without an issue. Absolutely. He, he's a really gr- strong villain on there. And I'd like to see, I'd like to see him at his fucking evilist, you know, or one of his mm-hmm. real evil roles here in Spike. And then where does that redemption come in? How does he turn from that into being part of the team down the line? So, yeah, yeah that, that, that'd be what I'm cool with. And uh, we'll, we'll forgive him being in the in horrible Inhumans TV show. Yes, I did watch like the first couple episodes and I actively couldn't go any further. Yeah, that's so. pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Cordelia. Who is your Cordelia? Uh, My Cordelia is an actress who I have cast before. Um, I did want to infuse some diversity into my casting Mm -hmm. because it's a lot of whiteies. um, (laughs) And, you know, there is more than just white people out there, even in Southern California. Uh, So this actress, from what I have seen, she from the show that I've seen her in, uh, mostly she does play kind of like a entitled girl at times. Um, even though the show is a comedy. And guess what, John? It's a show I fucking pull from all the time. It's blackish. <laughs> yeah. I went with Yara Shahidi because I think she would be a fantastic Cordelia. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. I yeah. I've we, 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 we've both used her yes. several times. So <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with that. Cool. So I started I actually pulled quite a few actors and actresses that I've never used before and, and only had kind of like a passing knowledge of okay um but my cordelia is an actress who's been around for a a little while since like 2008 was her first her first thing um she is i did try to cast like early to mid 20s and a few cases like a few cases they were like 19s but I tried to make everyone over eighteen because I, you know, you, you got to keep that shooting schedule. So yes, can't use you anyone. You can't use anyone under eighteen. But the, oddly enough, the thing I know her most from uh, was when she was probably like 12, 11, 12 or thirteen, um, and she was I, she was the really creepy little girl in uh, The Walking Dead. Oh, uh, and her name is Brighton Charbino. Okay. I definitely know exactly what you're talking about. She was that one who was like, yeah, she wanted to like kill her sister or something. I, I'm pretty sure that's the character that she played. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's definitely, wow. Okay. She's def- she looks older now. It's kind of I can only have that envisioned from Walking Dead. Right. And she played creepy girl just fine. Yeah. Uh, but she does have that look of, she could totally play a, you know, mean girl type. Yeah. That 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 headshot in, in IMDb like screams that sort of, that that role would work exactly absolutely all right angel so this man's gonna get his own spinoff show theoretically (laughs) yeah uh mine i went with an actor i also as you did want to put some diversity in and i think it's is needed to better reflect the kind of the world we live in and I went with uh, an actor who I actually don't really know that too much about. He's only been around for a few years, but he's a good-looking dude. And I feel like you really need to have like a good-looking dude because he's got to be like the yeah. heartthrob. Yep. Um, and he's currently on the. Uh, he's also on a CW show called Naomi, which is a DC property. Oh, okay. Um, and his name is Daniel Puig. Daniel, Daniel Puig. 
Not like Yasil Puig? Is he related to Yasil? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's a good looking guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, I know nothing what he's got, but if he's got to be a little heartthrobby kind of dude, I can totally see that. Yeah, I think he, I think he, in this case, I'm kind of going for the look, and yeah. we'll work on the acting. However, we got to do if if he if sure. he if he needs it. <laughs> okay. All right. Who was uh, who's your angel? My angel, also uh, someone. Yeah, someone who I thought if he needs to have a spinoff, this guy can hold his own. He is a very strong actor, and he is a pretty good name. He is a little bit older than like the high school age, but also I felt that was the same way with. Angel. Angel right. looked like he was like just out of college. Um, right. But he was hanging around these high school kids, and granted, he was even older because uh, he's a <laughs> he's a vampire. <laughs> right. But whatever, that's what they do. Um, this guy, I, I mean, I've seen him as a villain. Uh, I've seen him as a hero. We, I think, both of us have cast him at least once each, if not probably twice each. I think he could be a heartthrob because I, I think he kind of is one right now. I went with Decker Montgomery. As my angel. Yeah. You know what? I did look at him before I decided okay. to, to go more of the CW sure. route. So that's sure. absolutely would work. Okay. Cool. That absolutely would work. Uh, he played, he was Billy, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, exactly. He was Billy, the asshole, the, the brother of Sadie Sink's character. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he is definitely, he was definitely a heartthrob on Stranger Things, but he also played uh, Jason in the Power Rangers movie, which I heard was terrible. So. I've never cared about Power Rangers. Yeah, I've never, I I've never yeah, made it. It's never been a secret, but no, 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 no. Uh, all right, uh, Xander. Yeah. Who was your Xander? For my Xander, you got to go exactly the high school age. Um, someone who could be like a good side person. Mm-hmm. Um, who is kind of like you know doesn't have to be. I don't need a star as my Xander. I need someone who can be good support. Right. Um, and I did want to make sure that there was some more diversity in there. Uh, this guy has kind of been uh, a side friend in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid stuff. Uh, I think that movie back in the day, and then, or back in the day, 2010. Um, also in, a Nick, I think it was a Nickelodeon show. I don't think it was Disney. Nickelodeon show called Bunked. Uh, but his name is Karan Brar. K-A-R-A-N-B-R-A-R. Um, I think, even though he looks way cool in his headshot um you look at him in more of his movies that he's done and he kind of has a little bit more goofball-y mentality that i thought mm-hmm. could work for his hander uh yes okay now now i'm seeing this stuff yeah i totally see that okay cool kind of the goofball-y character yeah i think that works um i also went kind of with a, a guy who kind of has that almost nerdy uh nerdy look um he is uh, he's 19, so he's he's younger. He's gonna be younger in this one, um, but uh, he's been in some big stuff. Uh, he was in It, and he played young Quill in I think both of the Guardian of the Galaxy movies. Yeah, he played young Quill. His name is Wyatt Olaf. Okay, I kind of remember his look from It. I he was see. he was younger for sure. Obviously, yeah. when that when the cause it's like 2014 is when the first. Uh, uh, Guardians came out, so I mean, he's got good credits that he's saying consistent stuff for a younger guy. He's got a good look. I, he's got a good side friend look. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. Willow. Willow becomes a a big uh, part of uh, yeah. the thing. Yeah, you, you can't you can't have Warwick Davis anymore because he's just too <laughs> old. So who do you got to go with? 
Although, I mean, he's playing Willow again. I just, he is. I, I just saw the trailer that came out the other day. Uh-huh. Uh, for the new one. And it looks good. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If anything, it looks like it's going to look good. So Yeah. Um, so I went with an actress who um, I think was mostly known for doing some stuff on Disney. She was a Disney uh, girl for a while um, and has done, uh, you know, some other television things uh, since then. But she was mostly known as the title character on the TV show uh, Andy Mack on uh, Disney. And her name is Peyton Elizabeth Lee. Okay, I've... I've definitely not ever seen Andy Mack, but she did 50-something episodes with that, I see. She was voices in the Lion Guard. Oh, they did a show, Doogie uh, Kamealoha, MD. I am sure that's a playoff of Doogie Howser. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, so she's she's they've let her lead multiple different shows. Which is impressive for anybody at that age. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. I can see her kind of being a definite nerd look. And yeah, she's obviously playing nerds. If you so. if you look if you look at like the other photos, not her um, not her profile photo yeah. on IMDb. She, she has more of the nerdy look. I'm going for for I, for Willow. Absolutely. I even I think she's got some shorter hair in like that Andy Mack show, and yeah. I actually think that would fit really well with Willow. Yeah, I think it'll, it'll work well. Yep, I'm uh, very cool with that. Uh, all right, uh, your Willow. Yep, my Willow, I didn't change too much. I stuck with a redhead okay. um, like Alison Hannigan. Uh, this actress is very strong. Uh, she has been not some supernatural stuff before, but uh, uh, she actually was alongside uh, your guy who played Xander. Um, her name, she was in the It, the it movies, both It movies. Also, She was also in the pretty bad horror film Hansel and Gretel. She played Gretel in that <laughs> one. Uh, Sophia Lillis. Is who I went with for my Willow. Sophia okay, Lillis. I am pretty sure I've definitely used her before. Okay, probably um, she's a pretty she, big name in like you know that like early twenties right now. Yeah, and she definitely has that Willow look. Absolutely yeah. has that Willow look. Yep, I'm cool, cool. with that. All right, uh, all right, Giles. I'm interested to hear your Giles. Yeah, I went with. You got to go with older British guy. I couldn't not go with a slightly older British guy. I think I went too old with my British guy. <laughs> He's not like super old, but he, I I don't know. Anthony Head didn't. When I went back, I remember Anthony Head is pretty old in my head. Right. But when I went back and watched like episode one, it's like, oh, you're not that old. No. Uh, so well, like maybe early thirties or yeah, exactly. even maybe even late twenties. I don't know. My guy's probably in his late forties. That's not that big of a deal though. Yeah. Um, he has definitely dealt with supernatural. Maybe more so science fiction. We've absolutely used him multiple times because he's awesome. <laughs> I went with David Tennant, one of the Doctor Who's. Oh, he would make a great Giles. Yeah. He'd make a great Giles. Yeah, that's pro- that's probably probably beneath him to to go oh, yeah. back at that point. But I mean, you never know if the money's good. Shit. Yeah, exactly. You could convince me of a lot of roles and put David Tennant in there, yes. and I'm like, I'm sure. I mean, I could see him coming back to like you know maybe not Disney Plus, but he did the. It wasn't that long ago that the Netflix series that Jessica Jones that he was on. So maybe he'd still be willing to do more streaming properties like that. So yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's done a lot of of TV stuff, oh, even yeah. e- even uh, over you know especially over in Britain and stuff. Yep. Um. So my Giles, I was like, oh, like you, I was like, all right, I got to find a kind of semi older, uh, British 
man. And then I remembered, I was like, there's someone who I'm literally taking a one-to-one. Like, they are playing this almost that exact same character in another show uh, that is a supernatural show, but it's slightly different. Uh, but I loved her okay. in that show, and I went with the actress, Vivian Aching Pong, and I probably butchered that name, and she uh, played Lucien, the librarian in The Sandman that just came out. I have not watched any of that. I fucking loved it. Uh-huh. It was a great series, and I'm super psyched for a, hopefully a season two of that one. And she basically okay. plays a librarian in that one. Um, and she has some badass moments and not like action badass moments, but just like she's like she's the Sandman's librarian and she kind of like butts heads with him a few times and, and kind of puts him in his place. Okay. Um, and I, yeah, I so I lo- I mean, I'm basically just taking her because she basically is playing that same role. But man, was she so good in that? Cool. Well, I mean, yeah, based on your recommendation, and if she's doing great on on a show that you think is really solid, then absolutely. And if she's yeah, if it's great one to one, all for it, all for it. Yeah, that that Sandman is definitely a show I recommend you check out. Okay, all right, uh, all right. We're on to Buffy. We are on to yeah, we are on our top Buffy. All right, so my Buffy, I think she needs some toughening up, uh-huh. but I'm mostly going off of her character in Stranger Things that I pulled her from, um, but she's got a good pedigree and a chance to really own her own show. For my Buffy, I chose Maya Hawk. Oh, Maya. I thought you were going to go Millie Bobby Brown, which was the very first name I wrote down. I, You know what? I thought about that, and then initially I was like, you know what? I don't think she's right. I don't think she's right for, for that kind of role okay so i ended up going with maya hawk instead okay yeah maya hawk i like her quite a bit in that show uh she's good yeah daughter of uh was it gwyneth paltrow and uh ethan hawk or is it uma thurman sorry uma uma, thurman. yeah i was say uma thurman not not uh not, not, gwyneth goop, paltrow. not goop girl not goop girl uh <laughs> no okay interesting it just i wasn't expecting it once you said stranger things like i know where he's going uh <laughs> not the case but uh okay yeah i think I've she all- can definitely toughen up I've also used Millie Bobby Brown a lot, sure. so I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go with somebody else." I wanted to use somebody I hadn't really used. I can't remember if I've used Maya Hawk for anything. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. But yeah. uh, I, I think she did good enough in that show. I could warrant giving her a lead. Yes, absolutely. All right, who is your Buffy? All right, um, I still want to keep kind of like the I don't know, maybe not ditzy aspect, but like sure, like the valley or like mean girl aspect, or maybe she wasn't really a mean girl, but. In the movie, she was mm-hmm. less so in the show because even by the time we met her in the show, she had already been a slayer and moved on to another place. I've seen White Blondes twice. I'm ready for something else. <laughs> um, and this actress has done some actiony stuff in uh, one of the most recent Transformers movie. Not super much action in that one, but still, she's going to be in the upcoming Madam Web film as uh, kind of one of the spider female versions. And she probably even had some action in the Dora the Explorer movie. I never watched it, but I imagine there was something. <laughs> I went with Isabella Merced as my Buffy. Uh, that's a good call. She was also somebody I looked at when I was okay. looking at stuff, and uh, I'm totally fine with that. I I was kind of pleasantly surprised at how fun the Dora movie was. I mean, I took my daughter yeah. to go see it. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, I didn't go by myself. That would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. 
Uh, but I, yeah, I could totally see her doing something like that. I'm, I think that's a good choice. Okay, cool. All right, folks. Well, that was our recasting of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Please join us next week as we continue our vampire theme. John and I talk the Rocket from the Crypt album, Scream, Dracula, Scream. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.